Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that America has become too politically correct? Von Wehunt speaks truth to power. Do you see the coming of our political and economic demise? Von Wehunt speaks bluntly about the need to correct America's course quickly. And now, broadcasting from the Eagle's Nest, a man who makes no excuses for putting America first. Here's your host, Von Wehunt the Barbarian. America. It's a dark and stormy night all across much of America and Arizona tonight. A huge lightning and thunderstorm has now occurred in the Phoenix area where I broadcast from. Just amazing to see tonight. Lightning and thunder from the dramatic gods Thor and Odin. The gods of Lightning and thunder and storms. So we definitely welcome you all tonight. As you know, I secretly broadcast from my underground studio deep in the mountains of Arizona. My underground lair is a bunker complete with radio equipment and all necessary fortifications. Welcome you all to Valhalla Studios. Von Wehunt has the ability, I as your illustrious host, to throw myself at the issues of the day. When we say to our enemies, always, sick, semper, tyrannous. Now, the DNC convention this week has been a complete disaster and a pack of lies, America. You know that's true. Now, I'm telling you about the show I always look at the stats on this great radio program, which is worldwide and nationwide. Our stats have been impressive. Just so you know, we are right now being heard live stream all over the United States and the world. Our last shows have had huge, significant increases across America, of course. We have a lot more listeners from Europe, from the United Kingdom, Germany, Belgium, Denmark, Poland, Slovenia, Italia, we thank you, Europe. Also, Canada is increasing, Australia, and even New Zealand. Thank you all. The DNC convention is, as I said before, been a complete disaster, full of propaganda against you, Mr. and Mrs. America. Now, propaganda means that it's information disseminated by a government, a group, or an individual in order to persuade others to form an opinion and or act in a given manner. It's also beautiful tapestry as a web of happy lies. Propaganda is also something that 
my favorite team in politics hardly ever engages in. When the time is right for mortal men to fight to the bitter end for all that is eternally righteous, just know historically that no evil can ever stop them. No politician, no evil ideology, absolutely nothing. Because death is nothing to be feared. It's simply a doorway to the next world and submission to tyranny, my friends, and to despots or even BLM and Antifa in the streets or the Democrat National Committee is never an option. We don't kneel to tyrants or to any king. The DNC convention, I'm sure it's had the lowest ratings every every night. There's like no enthusiasm whatsoever. The Democrat Party, though they appear strong in the streets with their thugs, Antifa and BLM and others, their other communist Marxist friends, they're actually a very weak party, and they're very lame for America right now. Biden is incompetent. Biden is incoherent. Joe Biden will not be your next president because Joe Biden is unfit to lead you, America. And while we're at it, don't stop and surrender to any violent street mob. They hate you and they will always attack you. Never forget. Now, tonight we have a a VIP guest, which is author John Trudell, we'll get to him momentarily when he calls in. And as many of you know, if you try to reach the show, I am on Twitter and Facebook and other portals. And the Twitter Roman newsreader, you know, is sort of like the, uh, the new public square today. Talking about Caesar, Pompey, Donaldus Trumpus, and the Roman legions at war in the occupied Territory. There's many people on Twitter that try to judge what you say or what you don't say, but I always tell people this, that there is no need to levy judgment on tweets or things you don't like online or in the streets. If you're on the Internet, just unfollow that person and move on. As I said, Twitter is sort of like the new town public square. You will see many things that you don't like or, quote-unquote, approve of. You have to grow up and realize that. This week I have a block at two Twitter accounts because they were levying judgment against me, my show, my callers, or my tweets. One person even said, how dare you? Shame on you. You are promoting violence, you know, yada, yada, the usual statement. What a moron I told them back. I tweeted something that was in the news. A lot of these folks need to grow up in person and online. What we see in the streets is just amazing. It's what I keep telling my fellow Americans to stay heavily armed. This will surely boil over. We don't want the arms to really ever use against our fellow Americans. We don't want civil war. We hope that cooler heads prevail. We hope that we can de-escalate 
some of these things in the streets, but it's not looking that great right now. The enemies that I see, they're, they're just getting more and more emboldened. They're getting more and more overconfident. And when they, when they come against you and your suburb or your neighborhood, in my view, they won't even know what hit them. Know that to be true. Folks, it's, um, it's very obvious to any observer of politics that the state and local governments are trying to make us look as ridiculous as humanly possible with this COVID scare to demoralize the host population of America. Now some states are saying that one mask isn't enough. You need two or three. The state of Maine has said that now servers must wear dog cones when, um, when they're serving you food. Just amazing what's going on with these local and state governments. You know, it's, um, is it, this right now is like quasi-communism in my book with the local and state governments telling the people what to do. It's like micromanagement. It's a favorite Bolshevik tactic to control the population down to the minute lowest level. They don't want you to have any guns or any freedom of speech or any freedom of assembly. And um, as you know, I'm an independent nationalist. The lion is the symbol of the nationalist party. And I'm hoping that we have a, some good callers tonight. As you know, you can call in after our VIP guests. We do have rules of engagement on the radio show. On my show, VIP guests actually means something. But after the VIP, if you wanted to call in, our number is 563-999-3437. Our great sponsor of the show is Wolf Studio Productions. And now we'll go to a promo for the show. Von Wehunt speaks truth to power. Von Wehunt speaks bluntly about the need to correct America's course quickly. No excuses for putting America first. Von Wehunt, the Barbarian. Thursday at 8 p.m. The Von Wehunt Show. Conversation and analysis of breaking news, geopolitical events, politics, history, and some fun, too. Von Wehunt is an astute observer of the human condition. Von Wehunt will cut through the political correctness and speak bluntly about the social, political, and economic demise taking place in America and around the world. Von Wehunt is a nationalist who, without shame, puts America first. Von Wehunt, the Barbarian. Thursday at 8 p.m. Well, right now, the intense storm over Phoenix has subsided somewhat, but uh, we got a lot of rain. And let's also know that uh, the Midwest of the United States was uh, hit a few weeks back. And they're in Iowa. It's called the Iowa Derecho. And they're being hit big time. We hear that there are tens of thousands of property claims that are coming in. That barely made the national news. But we will talk about it here a bit. Weather is a huge um, indicator of what's to come. And, um, folks, you know, the politics of our country is very toxic, obviously. Now, I have observed that only the militant minorities in America are encouraged to speak out, while the white European man is told 
to be quiet now inside his own country. They want to muzzle you politically and silence you while they actively subvert you and get you to fund your own demise. Now, Dark Sky Radio, I announced on my special Encore show a couple nights ago on Tuesday, though our normal show is always on Thursday. Dark Sky Radio has expanded to include our show for two hours going forward. They are our radio partner. You can check them out at darkskyradio.com. They're a fantastic radio site with all kinds of fantastic uh, shows and right now it's time for the dark sky minute well hey what's up everybody this is the dark sky minute i am the owner the purveyor of darkskyradio.com and i am here to recap what has happened on darkskyradio.com we aired fabulous programming from x-files radio you don't want to miss that show old time radio another great great program Ben Shapiro, oh yes, I said Ben Shapiro, Stone Cold Steve Austin, what an outstanding program that is. And yes, the legendary Von Weehunt, oh yes, I just said that. But one of my favorite shows is that of Radiant Life Church. They are teaching through the book of Revelation in a way you have never ever heard before. And we're going to be starting up on the book of Genesis. Oh yeah, that's true. If you want your own radio show, hit me up. We have very affordable plans. Hit me up at DarkSkyRadio.com. Go to DarkSkyRadio.com for all the info, and we will get you set up. Just love that, Dark Sky Radio. A lot of folks have emailed me and called me during the week, and they've said, what were your radio influencers as you came up and things of that nature? Well, I will tell you. One of my favorite shows when I was a young um, guy in high school and coming up was uh, the Art Bell Show on Coast to Coast. Used to love Art Bell, Coast to Coast. And he used to broadcast from Pahrump, Nevada, somewhere near Area 51. Uh, used to love his show. He talked about UFOs, ETs. And then he got on the Coast to Coast radio. George Norrie is now a great host, now doing that, that show, of course. But um, I will say, folks, on my show, we have a lot of celebrities, a lot of powerful people, a lot of people in the know that are listening right now. And I know who many of you are, and you will remain nameless, of course. We have Hollywood stars that are fans of the show. We have even international people in government of various congresses that are, that are always listening to the show and email me. Some you would not even believe, but I would say they're all over the world. Very interesting. We have fans in the German Bund Congress. We have um, fans over in Europe, a lot more in Australia and New Zealand. And um, even some, shall we say, in the Middle East. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, California is having rolling blackouts. These are, in my view, intentionally implemented blackouts, forcing Americans in the dark. Very suspicious of that. The demon rats who run California, in my view, are unable and incompetent to keep up with energy demand, or it may be planned, a dark cover perhaps for their other nefarious activities. And with radio, I also used to love the Tom Likas show, 
uh, big fan of his. Um, I always have been a big fan of Coast to Coast Radio. And uh, like a lot of shows, I listen to tons of talk radio. Um, but it's just amazing. There's so many good shows that are out there. But the iconic shows are always my favorites. And, um, you know, there's now the one, the other shows that I will listen to, I call them the Rhino Talk Show guys. They're your syndicated Rhino Talk Show hosts. They play it very safe. And just know on my show, I can say whatever the hell I want. They can't. And they tell you they can. They're lying. They are controlled. I'm not saying they're controlled opposition, but a lot of the syndicated rhino, you know, the big, big names, I won't name them. They know who they are. Uh, they have a good show. They put out a good corporate product. Don't get me wrong. They have, they're far more powerful than me and my little show. They have millions of dollars. They have such big corporate sponsors. Uh, they're on 200 stations or you know, 300 AM stations, some are fledgling, but they're on all over the place. You see them on billboards and on buses, and and that's not the route that I took. I have been approached before by some people. Uh, we would love to expand the show, so if you like what you hear during this broadcast, please contact me at show at gmail.com. Uh, we are looking for more sponsors and donors, and you can be a secret anonymous donor. You can also hit me up on PayPal, Patreon, Facebook, and other sites. We're looking for people who can just cover our production costs so we, so we can eventually buy more airtime and expand the show. But these Rhino talk show guys that, you, that we all listen to, I enjoy their, their show. But you'll notice they never go out on that limb very far. They're pulled back very quickly by their program director. If they go a little too far, you notice, oh, it's time to cut for a commercial, Bob. and Or they'll shut down the show, or it'll magically lose power while the program guy, the director, will scramble to put in a, a, a commercial for a local tire service or a, or a beauty cleanser of some kind. So just know that for what it is. You have to read those guys. That's, that's their gig. That's the gig they signed on for. Uh, they're making lots of money at it. Their sponsors are making a ton of money at it, and it works for them. But I'm not saying that is that works for you, the American people. So you have to understand that um, these things are going on, and uh, when you put on the radio, though it's entertainment, you get some news out of it. You might get some opinion and conjecture. A lot of those big, big AM radio shows and big names, big names, um, just know them for that. They're good guys. They mean well, but they're misguided on some issues, and and they are what I call the Rhino Republicans. They're they are they talk a big game, but a lot of them don't have a spine. A lot of them don't really talk from the heart. They're reading off a teleprompter, much like a um, politician. I speak to you direct. I have very few notes before each show. I veer off my, uh, my, my notes like crazy. I go on all kinds of tangents. I can speak off the cuff like nobody. A lot of these guys are on the radio. Uh, again, just uh, tune into our show. Get our name out, out there to all your friends and family. I, I'm a real America first guy. I just don't pay lip service to it. 
like so many rhinos are out there who who say they're they're for America first or for the American people first, and then they trip over themselves to cut your benefits and give money overseas or to or to cut you out of the pie and give it to some other country that is already rich and not really needing our billions and billions of hard-earned tax dollars. So uh, the rhinos are for that, just so you know. That's why I've always said we need more political parties in America. We need at least one or two more. Because the two parties now are a two-headed snake, and they're really not doing you any justice, Mr. and Mrs. America. Now, Joe Biden tells America that the government has failed them, yet just know that Joe Biden has been in the government for the past 49 years. By his admission, he is complicit and guilty. And I would tell Joe Biden, you ain't black. (laughs) You know, um, Ernest Hemingway, the great author, once said that never trust a man without any vices. Think about that one. Now, our great sponsor, again, is Wolf Studio Productions. They've got a fantastic print and audio book called Buzz and Zip. Hollywood, are you listening? I'm surprised you have not called him yet to make this into a kid and family movie. Listen to it now, and you will love this. Buzz and Zip. This isn't Sebastian Gorka, but that's all right. I'm here to tell you about a brand new edutainment series. It's Buzz and Zip, The Two Flies on the Wall. They're incredible. They've got a brand new series that's come out in book form and downloadable book form, ebook, and also in audio book. It's a wonderful little tale. These characters like to go everywhere. They're kid friendly, well, kids of all ages anywhere. And as they go and take their adventures, there's always something new to learn when they go wherever they go. Get your book right now on Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. Google Play, iTunes, and look for Buzz, B-U-Z-Z-N-Z-I-P-P. That's Buzz and Zip. They're ready. Now, folks, Wolf Studio Productions is our great sponsor. Please contact Mr. Wolf at 480-271-4781, or you can email him always at bgw.advo at gmail.com. Mr. Wolf is very creative. He does lots of uh, hosting and voiceover needs and commercials for your very special corporate company or charity event. Again, that's Wolf Studio Productions. He's a very talented guy. We're good friends. I know him well. Uh, He's had some really good things that he sent me over the years. And uh, I'm so glad he's a, a great sponsor of our show. We've got a big show planned for you. Author John Trudell will be here as our VIP guest. And um, I thought you you would like to hear some things that Mr. Wolf has actually produced for our show. This is Tricky Dick Nixon. Mm-hmm. It's up to the hop, to the hip, to the hop, to the hip. Henry, what can I do for you? Well, sir, I've come in. I've got to tell you some things right away. All right, all right. What is it you're doing? You're saying some words or something. Oh, I'm checking out this, this hip-hop thing, you know, the hip to the hippity hip hop So I really need to talk to you right now. All right, Henry, you know I always have time for you. Always have time for you. Yeah, buddy. Oh, oh Silas, please. That's all right. Now, what, what, have, what have you got to tell me right now? So there's people in the streets that are rioting, lighting things on fire. It is very serious out there. 
very serious. And uh, action needs to be taken in a good way. Well, it looks like I picked the wrong week to stop popping barbiturates. Oh, boy. Uh, but but uh, I'll tell you, Henry, Henry had said, let's, uh, let's, let's put our heads together here and go, go over to the radio. Let's turn the radio on. Let's, let's get a beat on what's going on with the nation. Let's turn on uh, Von Wehunt right now. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Now, we all hear the mainstream media, and we just can't stand what they say. A lot of their newscasts on television sound a lot like these kinds of TV talking head liberal Democrat broadcasts. Just another reason to listen to the Von Wehunt Show. Here's an example. This is CCN with Peter Burns. Hello, I'm Peter Burns with the update today. Our mean orange man, Donald Trump, the uh, president has stole everything. He stole, lied. It actually should be Hillary in the White House. And yet he is there lying against, trying to destroy the Postal Service so you can't vote. He's trying to stop you from voting. That's what our president, the illustrious Mr. Orange Monster, is trying to do to the American people. Hello. And so it just makes me so furious. I just can't believe what this guy is doing. And just every day it's the same thing. Lies, 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 lies. <laughs> and we have Hollywood is always loving the show and listening to us. This sounds very similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger, I believe. This is Arnold, and I'm saying... I've played the barbarian before. Here's the real one playing on the radio right now. He's playing for you, playing for everybody who's listening, not only in the, the United States of America, but around countries all over the world. I like to do it after eating something. Grab me some food, and then I sit down and I listen to what's going on. And I say, yes, get him, barbarian, get him. Let them know. You tune in to the barbarian, Van Wehunt. It's on right now. He's on all over the world. You know, even Ralph, Rocky Balboa gets in the act. Rocky Balboa, I love that guy. Great boxer. Great movies of all time. Hey, this is your friend Rocky here. huh? Hey, I wanted to tell you that I did see uh, the Barbarian the other day, Von Weon. It was kind of cool. Well, you know, I was jogging out there doing my thing, you know, jogging right by the club. And the gym and everything else. I had my dog with me, you know. I had some of my trainer workers with me, you know. They were training, working out, sparring partners, all that stuff. And I saw Vaughn just downtown, you know. We started to talk just for a few minutes, and then uh, we went on from there, you know. But it was good to see him, man. Good to see him around because, you know, he kind of stays hidden, you know. So when he's out and about, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a sight to see. So I just want to say, hey, give you a shout-out on your show, man. You're doing a great job. It's great to hear you. Even my dog was barking at you the other day because he was all excited, too. So, hey, we're tuning in, all right? Thursdays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., Von Wehunt Show on the airwaves. Yeah, it's right on the Internet. That's awesome. It's a dark and stormy night, my friends. Now, what this show is and what this show is not, this radio show is the show your mother warned you about. We are not a real estate show on the radio, though we do like real estate. I love it very much. We are not a get-rich-quick scheme kind of radio show where I am trying to sell you something, except I am looking for some fantastic donors and sponsors, and we do need your support. This is not a metaphysical or psychic show which encompasses your feelings and your dreams 
about the world in which we live. Though I do ascribe to meditation and any kind of transcendental thought. And through it, my friends, we may transcend this violent beast world that we are living in now. Surely we can do better America. This show is on the cutting edge of political and societal evolution inside America. Now, on my show, I'm so glad that you will make it tonight. Again, you can call the show after our VIP guest, John Trudell, the author. Understand, folks, that we will let you speak and give you the floor, time permitting, of course. Now, if you hear other talk shows, you are lucky if they give you a minute or two of airtime, seriously. Airtime is very valuable. We do what we can to get you on the show. Now, this show is not regurgitating any of the political establishment talking points that are watered down, rest assured. This is an underground guerrilla pirate radio show broadcasting clandestinely throughout the nation and around the world. The show does get intel from all over the globe. As my spies are everywhere, you never know who they are giving intel to the show. They are deep undercover. This show is a variety radio show. We will discuss many topics and issues in each show, rest assured. Now, some ground rules again for the show. Many of you have called and asked about this. Uh, you may or may not agree with everything I, as your host, says or doesn't say, um, as your illustrious host. <laughs> this show is not necessarily about your pet issues or your causes or politics, though we will try to delve into them, time permitting, of course, on the show. The show is not about you grandstanding your own political beliefs. We definitely want to give you the floor. If we can, we want to hear from you. I implore you to please listen to the whole show in context. As many of you lately have come in for 20 minutes or half hour, and then you don't hear exactly what you want to hear when you call in, then you email me or find me on Twitter and ask me to explain, to explain what I meant by this or that or what a caller inferred or did not say. I have told many of you before to re-listen to the show, and I have sent you a link to it in your emails. Others have brought up subjects that we were not even talking about, so please stay on topic. So you got to cool your jets out there, America. Don't make up things in your own mind and then say they were in the show when they were not. Those are the personal issues that you and only you will need to work on. We're so glad you're here. And um, it's always good to establish some ground rules so everyone knows where they are and where they are situated. It's a big show. This is episode 12, Live Free or Die America. There's a lot of chaos and a lot of anarchy in our streets. Lots of issues about our economy and the dollar. We will now start our gothic song, Messengers of Destruction, which will kick off the show.
Oh, yes. With that, we're going to bring on our VIP guest tonight. This is author John Trudell of many fantastic books. I'm going to bring him on and have him talk to us about his books and his projects. Mr. Trudell, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, folks, um, his latest book is Raven's Resurrection, a cybertech thriller. It's on Amazon and Kindle. That's author John D. Trudell, T-R-U-D-E-L. And uh, we're so glad you're here tonight, sir. And um, how would you like to begin and uh, tell us about your uh, latest book and um, what uh, inspired you to write it? Thank you. And by the way, my latest book published is the one you mentioned. All of my books are up on my website, just my name, www.johntrudell.com. And all the first chapters are there for free, and there's interviews and all that. And the book that I've been trying to get done is the sequel to the one you mentioned. It is very, very late. People are unhappy with me, but I'm <laughs> rowing as hard as I can here. <laughs> it's called Broken Oath. It is the fourth book in my Raven series. And we can talk about what I write. Uh, we can start with with the kind of stuff I write or who I am and how I got to where I am. Your choice. Yeah, let's uh, go. Let's uh, start off with um, with the what you write. But before we get to that, I'll just go through a, uh, some of the uh, book titles here, folks. For author John D. Trudell, we have Soft Target, Raven's Redemption, Raven's Run, Raven's Resurrection, Privacy Wars, God's House, etc., and Broken Oath. And uh, why don't we start there and tell us how you um, got started. Now, a lot of folks probably don't know that these are novels like type of uh, – that, uh, that these books appeal to readers who like military action, if you like conspiracies, um, books on American exceptionalism, et cetera. So why don't we start there and tell us uh, a bit about each if, if we have time. And uh, your latest book, of course, Broken Oath. Exactly. Fine. Uh, okay. Well, what I write, uh, you'd call them thrillers. Um, think of Tom Clancy in the old days or, or Vince Flynn, those sort of fellows. Not touchy-feely sensitivity stuff. Good versus evil. And realistic. Uh, my books uh, tend to be predictive. I keep making up these stories. And uh, by the time the book, sometimes before the ink is even dry, it is happening. Okay, and um, <laughs> that's wild. I've got six novels. Yeah, uh, before you know, I, I had a very, very long career in high technology, and my kind of my jobs got near the end where I was predicting things, and then I was a consultant, and I was a freelancer cool. and go around the world and work for big companies and try to help them figure out what the future was going to be. And I finally retired and shifted to novels. And um, all of my books have won awards. Uh, basically, what Hollywood does and what the big publishing houses mostly do now is the basic stuff. It's violence and sex, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a thriller or a murder mystery. The more violence and the creepier, the better. And, of course, today everything has to be socially relevant, and there's a whole genre, bunch of genres like that. 
what I most what I basically write is the old hero's journey of good versus evil, um, which is the Western myth. I mean, for hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of years, that defined Western civilization. And uh, people talked about uh, how that works. The old Western movies, even Star Wars, they would hire philosophical consultants to work on movies like that. And the good guys tried to win, but they had trouble. So that's what I do. Uh, God's House was um, actually the second book I wrote, but the first one to be published. And nowadays you'd call it about the deep state. It was written before that term even existed. But it's about corrupt organizations that are not like what they seem to be. And um, Mm -hmm. that's probably the most distinctive thing. And, um, you know, the U.N. and stuff like that. I called it the whorehouse on the East River. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Took the words out of my mouth, sir. But and it even it. has a distorted, a distorted vision of how I met my wife at her late husband's funeral. She claims I exaggerated it. I deny that, but whatever. <laughs> so that was that one, and uh, it became uh, people got interested in it, won some awards. Uh, the second one I worked on for a very long time is called Privacy Wars, and uh, it was at the time nobody. Even people in the industry knew that everything was being watched. I mean, now since we've had, um, you know, Obamagate and all that, we know that they have been. Uh, But at the time I wrote this book, it was kind of big brother in cyberspace, and everybody thought it was way out there. Well, by the time the book came out, a guy named Snowden was running for his life and stuck in the Moscow airport. And that was when I was introduced to the book. Yeah, and and so yeah, there that, they were, and who's this guy, and what's he doing, and um, you know, and of course the people actually doing that stuff couldn't talk about it because they're all under security classifications or worse, and uh, the people not doing it didn't know what to say, and here I got a novel coming out, so I did lots and lots of interviews, and um, essentially um, it's come true, okay. Uh, of all my novels, Privacy Wars, it's kind of big brother in cyberspace. And um, it won more awards and higher awards than anything else. It was, oh, this is really a philosophically heavy-duty book. Now, of course, it didn't unfold exactly like um, they, they never do. The future is never quite what you imagine it to be. But, but it it doesn't repeat, it rhymes. As a, I used to work in research labs, one of our best researchers said that, and he was right, he had more patents than anybody. kind of comes together. But it was about conspiracies and watching and an all-intrusive government. And eventually other writers got onto that too, like Brad Thor is very popular in thrillers, and he used to talk about things like prisons without wars. And uh, we found out now since uh, Obamagate it's not just that they're wiretapping you. It's all recorded to begin with, and they can go back five or ten years and find out what you said back then and ask you about it. And if mm-hmm. you get it wrong, then you're, then you're lying to the FBI and you get to go to prison, uh, which exactly. is, um, you know, and they, you know, so, okay, it's a memory test. 
Uh, a good friend mm-hmm. of mine is Jerry Jerry Corsi, who I will mention very highly. He's a Ph.D. He writes, unfortunately for him, uh, he writes nonfiction, and he gets award-winning books, and his latest one is what it's called, uh, Coup d'etat, just, just out for a few weeks. Before that, uh, he was um, actually attacked by the uh, Mueller Commission, and they gave him a choice. You can go to jail for the rest of your life, or you can plea bargain one count of lying to the FBI about a discussion you had on air three years ago. And, of course, you don't have your records, so you don't know what you said. Uh, but we know that you got it wrong, and we're going to put you in jail. So plead guilty. And Jerry Corsi, for, to his credit, said, no, I am not going to do that. And he got his back up, and he stood up to them, and the Mueller thing all fell apart. And he wrote a book about that called Silent No More. So those are the poor guys that do this for real. Me, I just make up stories, okay? (laughs) Right, right. So so that's Privacy Wars. And um, it's, it's a different future, but it's real. And we all know that it's real, and we even know that anybody can be watched. And um, and most things are by a variety of sources. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I rolled along from that one. I did soft target. Okay. Okay. Well, let's see if I can learn something here. Soft target was about bioweapons. Okay. And I okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the only book of, of of all the ones I've written. It got a gold medal from military writers, which is is kind of unusual. Um, but they liked hmm. it a lot. Everybody else thought it was too crazy. Well, now, of course, we have this China virus that we all blame Trump for, and it was obviously right. bioengineered and blah, 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 uh, nasty mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the interesting thing back then, and lately I'm trying to get my new book done. Everybody wants to talk about bioweapons. Can't understand why. Um, this one looks mm-hmm. like, um, you know, it, it – the problem with bioweapons, this go back like 10 years ago, the Russians and the Americans had bioweapons, and they scared the hell out of both sides. And uh, they were in freezers, diseases that didn't exist anymore and things like that. And, uh, they would, and the only way to test them is to actually inflict them on somebody. It's not like a bomb or a missile you shoot it off and uh, you know, makes a hole in the ground. you got to try it on people. And they had been both sides that had these horrible disasters and both said, well, this isn't even an advantage to us. And so at the time I was writing Soft Target, they were kind of phasing out of it. And other third world kind of entities were starting to tantalize their way into it. And, uh, and now we find out that um, <laughs> we have the Chinese and private industries doing that, mostly in China because they don't have right. any rules and they don't care if it kills people. So that's soft target. It's different than what's really happening. But the background on bioweapons is pretty accurate. And um, interestingly, there's all kinds of treaties, you know, for nuclear weapons and poison gas and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. if you look, one of the few things I agree with Bill Gates on 
is that if there are millions of people are going to die, it's going to be more likely from a bioweapon than a nuke, okay? Because nukes have treaties, and most people don't have 60 pounds of plutonium in their basement or anything. But a lot right. of people have gene sequencers. Dangerous stuff. No treaties. And there's a lot of private players in that, okay? So that soft target won some awards, and then I shifted into Raven's Run, and um, that touched off uh, a series of four books now. And the first one, um, I got some paranormal stuff in there about woo-woo psychic stuff. And it turns out nobody believed it, but they were actually doing it at the time. And they were doing some of these things. And now they've been declassified. And, uh, yeah, and, and people people can be sensitive to stuff and they can perceive things and always have been able to, but now it's credible except... Uh, it's not even mentioned anymore. It used to be highly classified. There's a movie, you can get it free on Amazon, called Third Eye Spies. And um, hmm. it came out just a few years ago. And the stuff in that movie uh, and some of the uh, narrators were people that I had researched for the book that I wrote, Soft Target. I, or, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Uh, so I'm uh, sorry, for Raven's Run. Okay. So there really was mm-hmm. some psychic stuff. The Russians did it. We did it. And it works sometimes. Not very often, but um tell you war hmm. stories. But, but, but it does work a little bit. And if it's an important enough thing, a little bit is enough. So I've got three books done in the Raven series. Raven's Run, the fourth book in that series called Broken Oath, is very, very late. People are irritated at me, um, and I don't blame them. Uh, it has been difficult to research. Uh, it has been hard to write because I'm trying to stretch a little bit and get some other themes. No, that's As the new question, book, right? Broken Oath. That's Broken the new book, Oath, John? The, that is the brand new one. It is not on the market yet. The first chapter gotcha. is up on my website. Some early interviews, like uh, the one we're doing now, will be there. I hope to have it done in days or weeks or no more than a month or two. But every time I say that, something happens um, <laughs> other than cities cities burning. Um, as, right. as you know, I exactly. was <laughs> chaos and anarchy. Like that. And uh, believe it or not, I'm even in the middle of a federal investigation about an airplane thing, and that's taking a lot of time. So it doesn't make the book. Yeah, you and, mentioned and, and that to me. Guy. We're so glad you're okay, man. And uh, you, that's that's it, a, it's, it's yeah. a great yeah, it's a great story. Uh, I am fine. It I'm is fine. Uh, yeah, my uh, my wife and I are both fine. And it turned out it was uh, a catastrophe. We've I know enough about it. It's going through. A full meal deal uh, NTSB investigation, which is very, very rare for a small airplane. Uh, They've happened, but it's very unusual. Uh, To anybody's knowledge, it has never happened uh, in the case where nobody got hurt or even injured. Okay, and my wife and I are just fine. Okay, mm-hmm. and they bounced back and forth for quite a bit of time with the FAA and the NTSB, trying to decide how they wanted to handle this, particularly with COVID. And um, finally, they said, "Well, okay, we, you know, we're kind of stressed out here. Nobody got hurt. It'll just be, uh, let's just call it an incident." Well, okay, and but they had to investigate it. As they investigated it. They found out that a uh, 
critical part had failed catastrophically in a way that um, you couldn't recover from it, and they went, and it major damage to the airplane. So that reclassified it, and now it is a full bore uh, accident investigation. It'll probably take about a year. The feds are on it. They're doing a great job, and uh, my wife and I didn't get hurt. Uh, the airplanes hurt pretty badly, um, but it's insured, and the insurance company's not happy. So what can I say? <laughs> right. That wouldn't be the and first so every, or last time think, that the insurance company's unhappy with something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, broken oath, um, and – Basically, the other thing, I'll ask you a question. Uh, what is sure. the most dangerous, or do we have time? We do. We do. We have plenty okay. of time, sir. What is, take, take, what is the most dangerous place on planet Earth these days, the country or region? Where's there the most deaths last year, or even the most beheadings? Pick a country or a region and tell me what you'd guess. I'd say the Middle East. Everybody says that, and probably mm-hmm. maybe ten years ago they were right. Right now, it, or it North would Africa, be yeah, maybe one of the two, mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, North well, Africa. Right now, yeah, what what happened? That was the focus. Okay, how do we overturn the world and everything? Well, there was this thing called Benghazi, which was arms running mm-hmm. uh, out, of, out of Libya down into Syria. Right. Syria became the chessboard for people doing those kinds of things. And uh, everybody was playing there, all the Middle Eastern states, the Russians, the Chinese, of course, us and blah, 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 in Syria. And um, basically, Hillary ran arms out of Benghazi down into uh, Syria and equipped ISIS. And then the whole, and they went, you know, grabbed, grabbed up the weapons and off they went into Iraq. And it was a mess. And uh, they called Syria the chessboard. People doing that kind of work said it was because everybody was playing there, where all the intrigue was. That was the old chessboard, and it pretty much collapsed Western Europe. They're still having trouble. The new chessboard is Venezuela. And it, right now, the most dangerous place, if you count deaths, on planet Earth is Mexico. Okay? More beheadings mm. and more deaths last year than the entire beheadings. I'll take beheadings. More beheadings than the wow. entire Middle East. Okay. So of the uh, nine most dangerous cities, ten most dangerous, nine are in Mexico, and number three on the list is Caracas, Venezuela. And guess where the new book is set? It's down along that invasion corridor, and it is Interesting. a very dangerous place to research. And even people I know in that, you don't hear about it on the news. There's about 400 Americans still stuck there that can't get out. <laughs> okay. We're so in Mexico was, or or Venezuela? No, in uh, in they're actually there in Venezuela. Venezuela. That's what I heard. The they're stuck there in that civil unrest and civil war. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the new Syria, the chessboard where everybody is playing for power, everybody important. It used to be Syria, okay, and and we came out of that pretty lucky, I think. And ISIS is gone, and that's that's a happy story. A lot of damage was done, um, but mm-hmm. right now it is Venezuela, and uh, everybody's playing there. And um, the um, the country is 
Well, okay, it, it, it could be an American story, really. Uh, if you go back a decade, it was the wealthiest country in the Southern Hemisphere. That's and, right. You know, and it had a, as high a standard of living as America. It had better health care, very prosperous, all kinds of natural resources. And uh, they went uh, socialist, okay? And uh, within four years, they went from a, str- a very prosperous, happy society, uh, and uh, they got... Okay, socialist, okay, and then they took their guns. And, well, okay, it took uh, four years from going to that to where they were starving and uh, eating garbage in the streets, and three more they're being run over by armored vehicles. And right now uh, the thugs in Venezuela are Cubans. There are 100,000 collectivos, which are basically Cuban paramilitaries. Uh, the Venezuelans, you know, the well, Venezuelan police and military don't like to kill their own citizens, so they leave that for the Cubans. Meanwhile, um, and the Cubans get the dregs because they owed a lot of money to Russia and yada, yada, yada from propping them up for years. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the big players, the ones you want to worry about, are Russia and China, plus everybody else. Okay, But Cuba holds the keys mm-hmm. to it. Every every uh, Venezuelan military outfit has a uh, a Cuban minder, so that's the background for my novel. Um, it um, has been hard to research. Uh, it is done. I just got to get it into production. So I'm hoping it'll be out in the next month, but I don't dare say that uh, soon, very soon. And the problem is me. And every time I sit down to push that forward, the phone rings and I'm off doing something. Right. I, I know the feeling things. well. Yeah. So that's wow. me. That's my stories. And uh, what else can I tell you? Well, the Venezuelan connection, I find that very intriguing, very interesting, Mr. Trudell, because it's so close to uh, this country, America and the United States. And And do you think that all the chaos and anarchy there in Venezuela – uh, is going to spill over into Central America, where it would trigger more caravans of masses of new immigrants or, you know, trying to surpass and get through our border with Mexico. Do you think that that would generate millions coming up here if the chaos, war, and anarchy were to spill over? Just in your estimation. Certainly. Yeah, right now I'll say two things. It is being handled remarkably well by the current administration, and you know that because you're not hearing anything about it. What Mm -hmm. is the intent? Well, the intent, the mess in Syria that went into – they wanted to have massive migration, okay? So you have all these refugees, and they got that out of Syria. It was the biggest migration, forced migration in the history of the world. So all these desperate people fleeing for their lives go running up into these over other countries and overrun them. And so that's kind of the model. Now, there are people who would like to do that in our hemisphere. So far, um, we've been hanging tough, and um, you don't hear about things. I think in the last month or two, um, our Navy has seized like um, seven or eight tankers full of Iranian oil where they're trying to break the oil embargo 
and they didn't succeed in doing that. So we're handling that pretty well. Mainly they're trying to break us down from inside. So Portland is burning, but the border is stiffer than it was a couple years ago. So it's a good news, bad news kind of thing. Um, what will happen next, We, uh, I guess we can say that nobody knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every day it's a new day. Now, what part of the country do you hail, hail from? Well, where do I hail from? Um, believe it or not, long ago and far away, I was a little kid from a very, very old line East Coast family. I grew up in New Jersey on the coast, and I had two cool. ancestors. Absolutely, they were in the Civil and the Revolutionary War. Okay, and so that's wow. the history and the heritage. And at one time. My family was quite wealthy. Well, both sides lost all their money for different reasons. So we grew up very hard scrabble. And uh, so I started off picking blueberries for eight cents a pound, and then I worked at you know in high school and yada yada yada. And uh, finally, I got scholarships, went to college, and um, and that worked pretty well. And then I got. Um, Job. Well, the, the thing that happened is they pulled me. I never did my doctorate. All this, they wanted some crazy people with good security clearances and technology knowledge. And would you volunteer to ride around the back of this airplane, civilian Trudell? <laughs> and there I right. was. So I did. I did that for a while. Met some really great people, and um, eventually. That you burn out on that. Then I worked for various high tech companies for many years, and had a good career. People paid me good money to learn things, and eventually I retired. I write these stories now, and all of a sudden I get targeted by uh, by people. They don't like my stories because I kill the bad guys. Well, that's what it's all about. I'm sorry. That's what it's all about. It's called good versus evil. We don't you want evil it. to triumph. We want it liquidated exterminated exactly. exactly now were you ever in the military or ever worked for the u.s government um, or can you divulge that i can say clearly and i have often said that that i i really 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 feel we owe a debt to our veterans to our military you and bet. uh no i was i was never in the military um I was very close to the military. I had friends in there, and literally I was going to go and I'd probably be doing research or something. I was working on my doctorate. Well, long story short, that didn't work out, um, and I wound up in industry, and uh, they were having trouble with equipment and stuff, and um, we we would – you know, throw these things together for Vietnam. The planes would be so old, they'd give you some old airplanes to test this stuff on, uh, and the planes would be breaking down. The equipment, of course, didn't work at all because it was brand new. And uh, and so I was a project engineer back on this stuff, and eventually it turned out, well, I can't figure out why, what's wrong because it works here in the lab. Right. And I have to go fly, and the companies would say, you got to be crazy. We don't allow our people to do that. And the Air Force would say, well, look, we're buying this system, and we need somebody to do this, and who would volunteer to do that? And so it was an interesting time. I had a lot of friends in the military. Uh, who worked very hard to keep me safe, and my best friend in those days didn't make it. So, yeah, I've seen that stuff, but uh, God, I am 
I have so much respect for our military, and it just of all the things that irritates me about what's happened in recent America, is for us to be treating illegals better than our vets. That that just tears me up. That's right. Uh, but it's no, crazy. I've, I've never, yeah, I've never served, but I've been there, and I know the viewpoint, and um, and I have all these crazy stories uh, because I was kind of wandering around under loose control and. And I could do I could do things, you know. And uh, some of the stories, I mean, if 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 I put them in books, people wouldn't believe them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, you try that. Thirty. Oh yeah. Basically, what people don't realize is when the world changes or and when something good happens, quite often it's a small number of very talented people who are working hard to do something good, and it changes stuff. Okay, and if right. you go back and, and tell the story about that, um, well, let me let me just I'll give you one vignette. It's about two minutes. If you want you want to hear a story about weird people doing yes. neat things, just hear it. Okay. Well, we were doing electronic warfare and stuff like that. We could find the bad guys, but when we found them, it didn't do any good because we didn't have any guns and yada yada yada. It didn't do much good. Well, what if we could? Um, actually shoot back at these people. And Vietnam was about really, uh, it wasn't guys in little black pajamas in the jungle. Oh, they were there and they were bad. But it was a regular invasion of uh, North Vietnamese troops. And they would come down in convoys because they very carefully got Laos and Cambodia to be neutral zones. And Surrey night, they would be coming in and they'd come down across the border and they would kill you and uh, or kill Americans or anybody who happened to be there. And so uh, what do you do? Well, okay, so we could we can finally track them and everything else. Well, all right, we need to do something. And we needed an airplane that could actually carry the equipment. Computers back then were a whole rack full of equipment, right? Not a little thing mm-hmm. you held in your hand. And um, mm-hmm. sensors, same same kind of deal. So they finally gave us a big enough airplane that would carry all this. Uh, so you need guns, too. And if you have guns, you got to have ammunition, right? So it all gets pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. So I worked on the first of the gunships. And, of course, we had all kinds of problems. Stuff wouldn't work and yada, yada, yada. But finally it started working. And uh, some of the problem, the prototype airplane, Now, this is government bureaucracy and it's people doing all kinds of different things. But nobody believed this electronic stuff was ever going to work. So uh, some genius in the Pentagon said, well, okay, you're be, they, they ran the convoys at night, so it would be dark in the jungle. So they decided, we need to have a big searchlight so you can turn this searchlight on if you really want to see something, and then you can see it and you can shoot at it, which was kind of nuts. But they they had it, and it was called Illuminator. And um, only one airplane had that, the prototype had that. We're going to put Illuminator on it, and then you can do it. Well, no, we we had other ways to target the guns, so we do all that. And um, before they actually deployed them, they took the light off other than the prototype. They said, well, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to be flying around in a war zone with a big spotlight on. <laughs> okay. Right, so they all right. Went away. 
<laughs> but they still had a crew position to operate it called the Luminator Operator. Okay, so you had electronic warfare people and you had people to tend the guns and everything else. And um, the guns, by the way, were Gatlings, 20 millimeters, high feed rate. Love 6, it. Rounds. Yeah, 6,000 rounds a minute per gun. And uh, and we even borrowed some old 40 millimeters from the Navy. Uh, you see them in World War II, the old pom-poms. So we could, we could shoot up a truck convoy pretty good if we could find it. Well, and we could find it with the sensors. But then that made them very upset when we started shooting up the truck convoys. And so they were running uh, radar control guns down from uh, North Vietnam up along the trail. And that was bad enough. And then, they, but so what you would do is uh, then they gave us escorts, okay? And so we had mm -hmm. escorts, and the escorts would hit the guns and yada, yada, yada. But then they started using heat seekers. And that was bad news because um, so, but we had this illuminator operator with nothing to do, but he was a crew position mm -hmm. that had been assigned to work this light that wasn't there anymore. Uh, so you would take a young airman and make it a volunteer position and give him a bonus. And we let him um, open the ramp one notch, gave the guy a motorcycle helmet with a, microphone in it, a parachute harness, steel cable, tied him to the harness, tied the harness to the airplane. He'd hang off the ramp and look down and forward. And if an aircraft was coming up, uh, an aircraft fire, he'd call the fire and he'd call break right, break left. And it was, if his voice was high and squeaky, you really did it. Okay. And that mm -hmm. worked for a while, but then they started throwing missiles. Okay. And the heat seekers were nasty, SA-7s. And if they walked on you, you were toast. So what do you do? Well, you give the kid on the ramp, usually it was a young kid, um, a flare gun. Okay, and his idea, you know, he calls the, the AAA, but he'll call if a missile's coming up at you and um, punch out a flare. And... Um, and in theory, uh, it'll home on the flare. Well, the problem is the missiles were kind of, they were smarter than that. If they ever locked on the engines, they wouldn't break lock and go for something that was hotter. They'd stop. Oh, really? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, nasty. Interesting. Okay. So here you are, and so you have this guy with the flare gun hanging off and everything else, and we lost some airplanes. Well, what do you do? Well, you you innovate. I tell you, these these people are wonderful. God, I love Americans. So what you do now? There's another thing too. We we're allowed to shoot at the bad guys, but we were not allowed to litter. Okay, because that would be <laughs> ecologically. God forbid there's any litter in a war oh, zone. No, oh my God, God forbid. Trashing the planet. Yeah, I mean, pristine jungle. Right. Okay. So you, Why bother? You, you could not. <laughs> yeah. So each each of the guns had standing behind it was an airman with a grain shovel and a 50-gallon drum, okay? Oh, my God. And and as you would fire, these shells would just come pouring out, and he'd be scooping the shells up and putting them in, in the in – the, uh, in the bin, okay, and in a, uh, basically a steel jar, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, so anyway, that's what that's how that worked. Well, how can you dodge a missile? Well, on a C-130, 
the engine exhausts are on the bottom of the wings. So what you have to do to make the missile forget about the engines and go for the flare is you have to let it not see the engines, which means you have to roll the airplane upside down, okay? So here you are, and you got these guys shoveling like crazy, and the, and the guns are firing. And they fired so fast that they were, they were electrical. The guns spin. And when you stop shooting, they'd still be spinning. So the belts would go on past, and it would count the number of shells, and it would back up to where it was. Okay. <laughs> it was just okay. mm-hmm. uh, but So what you'd have to do is roll the plane upside down, but you didn't want to kill these guys with with their 50-gallon drums full of uh, brass, so you had to keep positive G on it all the way around in the night over the mountains, okay? Wow. <laughs> and it actually worked a couple Wow, interesting. But I tell people who were actually involved in that, oh, that never happened. Okay, right, whatever you say, it never happened. Okay, I believe you. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but so I, I've lived a pretty weird life. Gosh, you know what? That's an amazing life. And, uh, folks, if you just tuned in, this is the Von Wien Show. We're talking to author John D. Trudell, T-R-U-D-E-L. Tell the folks again your website. And, folks, yes. just so you know, he's a fantastic author, and we are lucky to have him as our VIP guest tonight. Go ahead, sir. I, I am so honored to be here. My website for the novels is just my name, www johntrudell.com the other site I have is about nonfiction stuff about the real things I guess or my opinions on the real things and that also is my name it's just blog.johntrudell.com and from either of those sites you can get on my mail list and I never spam anybody send out newsletters a couple times a year and if you're on the list, you're on. And if you want off, you can opt out at any time. No charge. And enjoy my books. And if you love them, tell everybody. And if you hate the books, don't tell a soul. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate them, don't tell a soul. That's right. Don't tell anybody. John Trudeau, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show tonight. It's good to be friends on Twitter with you. And I've enjoyed uh, viewing your tweets. And, folks, we've had author John D. Trudell. T-R-U-D-E-L. Do check him out. Great American, great patriot, great author. Thank you again, sir. Have a wonderful night. And I'll be talking to you more on uh, Twitter as well. Thank you much. And I am going to get you a copy of the new book when it gets published, which is soon. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you very much for that. Looking forward to that. And the new book, folks, is Broken Oath. And uh, thank you, Mr. Trudell. We will be in touch, sir. We'll have you on again for sure. Thank you. Honored to be here. Bye. Thank you, sir. Folks, you never know who's going to be calling the show. We have a VIP guest every night. You've been listening to John D. Trudell, the author. And uh, that was a great story he had about Vietnam and his books and Venezuela. My God, we could talk for hours. And we'll definitely have him on again. Fantastic interview there. And then we have a two-hour show. Let's see, we're in the last hour of our show. We have many callers. We'll get to you all here soon. I see you on the engineering studio board here in the my mountain studio in Arizona. But I would say this, that as we, we're all watching it, obviously the chaos and anarchy in our streets. It's been seven years since BLM was formed. BLM now stands for Bolshevik 
looting, and murder. They have raised over a billion dollars, some reports say $2 billion, from corporate America. They have not had one neighborhood cleanup. They have sent one poor black child to college. They have not bought school supplies to any needy family. And they have not fed the hungry. They have not donated to a food bank or provided housing to even one poor black family to anyone's knowledge. For if they did, you know for a fact it will be broadcast on all liberal Democrat, mainstream talking head, and or rhino TV shows. So I would say put that in your pipe and smoke it, America. You know that is true. Darkness has descended upon our land, but the Von Wehunt shows your bright spot in this ever-increasing, chaotic, and crazy world. Now, I wanted to announce our fantastic stats. As you know, this is a big show. Now, last week was incredible. We had 276,988 listens on the show, and here's how they broke out. The top five U.S. cities were Los Angeles. Thank you, L.A., yet again. We love L.A. Las Vegas, New York City, the Big Apple, Phoenix in the Desert Oasis, and Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. I have friends in Seattle, and we like you guys up there. Beautiful country. Top five foreign countries were India, Russia, the U.K., South Korea on the 38th parallel in the demilitarized zone, and, of course, Canada. Plus, Dark Sky Radio also put out 200,000 Google ads to promote Dark Sky Radio. Fantastic. Well, we hope that America gets back eventually. I do believe that COVID, the uh, scare and the virus, is going to be with us for a good year or so, maybe a year or two. Folks, this is nothing that's going to be resolved in a few weeks or a month. Think that. Get that thought out of your head. Uh, Everything is about COVID, COVID, COVID. Everywhere you go, the drumbeat goes on. So the American people, they need their stimulus money. They need their juiced-up unemployment. The federal government needs to get off their duff and make those programs and put them out there for a good six to eight months. Really, I think they're going to need that in my book till May 1st, until this economy really gets revved up again, which takes a while. We want to get back to our lives and to our muscle cars eventually, our family, our friends, our travel, our vacation plans. And we love the American automobile. It sounds a lot like this. The Camaro will drive you You're on a groovy trip with Camaro, Camaro. 
Kelly Stripes and Hide Away Headline. New safety features. Your crew safely and smoothly in the sporting machine. The Camaro will drive you absolutely hard. Go to Chevy. You'll sell yourself. A cloud of dust, a flash of light, and a hearty Hayo Morita. The Lone Stranger eats again. Can't let these devils get their hands on our Marita white bread, Tonto. No, because me won't get my butter on Marita. Also, peanut butter, jams, jellies. And chicken cold cuts and coyote meat. Right, Pronto. Marita is perfect for everything. It's baked while you sleep, so it's the freshest, best-tasting white bread. Nest me, you wanton criminal. And me wanton Marita. Also, children want Marita for lunch and snacks. So does the man who appreciates a really good sandwich. And the woman who wants to serve only the best. Look, them waving white flag. No, they're waving a white bread. And going away. Right, they know they can never hope to equal the fresh-baked white Bread goodness of Marita. Good. Now, me want sandwich. Not plain coyote meat? No, coyote and cream cheese. Tune in again for those thrilling days of yesteryear. The Lone Stranger Eats Again. I owe Marita! Away! Don't you just love retro commercials? I know I do. Listen to this one. Men. Nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated cheese. Take it off. Take it all off. Nothing takes it off like Noxima medicated shave. Hollywood actor, allegedly, Charles Bronson for President Donald Trump. We've had eight years of Barack Obama. Now we've had four years of Donald J. Trump. And for the eight years, we've asked people their best opinion about what the president had done and what we could come up with with most of our questionnaires were, eight years is a long time to be failing. That's why they're saying, vote Donald J. Trump in 2020. It's the only decision that makes any sense at all. And the late Johnny Carson has come back to weigh in on President Donald Trump's chances for his great reelection rally and party. Well, looking at the events happening all over the world, you can truly say this is some weird, wild stuff. But now I will say, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Von Wehunt show. Here is Von Wehunt. Yes, thank you. Those are promos from Wolf Studio Productions, our great sponsor. Contact Mr. Wolf at 480-271-4781. And for equal time, we even have a promo ad that was paid for by the Joe Biden campaign, allegedly. And it goes like this. And in closing, with this Democratic uh, digital uh, zippity doodah rally with uh, nobody in the stands and uh, uh, artificial crowd uh, uh, applause, 
uh, what, what I can say in closing is we can only hope to reelect uh, Donald J. Trump as president of the United States. Uh, what I, what I, uh, we can only hope to elect uh, Trump as president. Uh, we, we, can only, we can only elect Donald Trump as, as president. Absolutely. Now, we're, we're going to get to Brett the Surfer here in a few moments. I see where he's up on the board here. As you know, folks, our show will go to all galaxies far, far away, or even possibly Captain Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. Well, Spock, yes, Captain, I don't think I've ever been any more sure of anything in my life throughout the galaxy or here on planet Earth, but that people need to get together for the right thing. Instead of tearing things apart and lighting things on fire with all this war, all this craziness, all this chaos, all this demand, all this unkindness to one another in human nature and throughout mankind, the people need to stand with each other. And never been a clearer message, Spock, than the message from the Von Weihan show, wanting good for uh, the masses, for everyone in the country, in the nation, across the world, but knowing that we all have to work and work together for what we have and to help others when we can, but resist the temptation uh, to riot, to, to burn, to destroy, to assault, to batter, to beat fellow human beings. Spock, don't you agree? That is totally logical, Captain. Thank you, Spock. Yes, yes. So I will continue, as we will continue, I should say, to listen to the Von Wehunt program. Starfleet, be damned if they don't show up. And bring us those gas cards and some snacks, too, while we're here. We could use something to eat. Yes, I'm getting a little hungry, Captain. Yes, Spock, I, I am, too. We'll get something soon. All right. Let's tune in, Spock, right here. Yes, and we have all kinds of ex-presidents calling the show from Wolf Studio Productions. I saw them out there, Henry, and this is about it. This is about all I can take. Yes, sir. I understand that they're getting up to the outside. They're trying to break in. All right. Where did G. Gordon go? Did you see him? said something about laying down the law. Laying down the law. That's good. What? Uh, something about uh, going outside where he was meeting up with uh, protester rioters to uh, take a law's rocket and blow up their, uh, their black tour bus. So they might probably have to take uh, public transit after that. That's not a bad idea at all. They should be taking public transit. We should kick them off that bus, too. <laughs> Good work. I say that's capital for Mr. Liddy. On track. Yes, sir. Go out and give him a hand if you want, and I'll be right there, mister. I'm just getting tuned up. Let me turn on the radio to Von Wehunt right now. Yes, and Von Wehunt would love for you to be a show sponsor. If you like what you hear... We gotta pay for the light bill, folks, and the studio bill. We need your donations and your support. And uh, that sounds a lot like this. Have you ever wanted your company, product, or idea on the radio airwaves? Well, now is your chance. Be a proud sponsor of the Von Wehunt Radio Show program, which airs weekly on BlogTalkRadio.com and then is uploaded to many internet websites such as Dark Sky Radio, Twitter, Spotify Podcast. And then all over America and the entire world, get your product, service, and business idea out there now. 
We have very good, cost-effective rates, and Vaughn can get you on the air and in front of literally tens of thousands of radio listeners each week all over the nation for pennies on your advertising dollar. And the return on your investment is huge. It's a hell of a great deal, and Vaughn will work with you to make your business or idea a big success. Vaughn Wehunt is a man of action and of his word. Please contact him at the station on Twitter via the Von Wehunt Show, or you can email him your advertising product or inquiry at vonwehuntshow at gmail.com. That's vonwehuntshow at gmail.com. Don't delay and do it today. Remember, folks, it's always on with Vaughn. This ad brought to you by Wolf Studio Productions. And now, we return to the Von Wehunt Show, featuring Von Wehunt the Barbarian. So glad you're here tonight. This is episode 12, Live Free or Die, America, August 20th, 2020, on the Von Wehunt Show. We have Brett the Surfer coming up momentarily. We are several more callers, and we'll try to get to all of you at the end. We always get a lot of callers on on the show, and we do love our surf music. And a lot of it, I thought this one would be a great cut for the show. We were playing that down on the beach to see a Cortez about a week ago at the clam <laughs> bake, and uh, no mass, five of us, seven of us. But uh, wow! <laughs> yeah, man, that but, was your intro. Yeah, that was uh, some good surf music there, and uh, oh, you were yeah. in uh, Rocky Point there, the Sea of Cortez. Awesome time, oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's. It's beautiful, but it was probably 85% humidity, 105. <laughs> you know, it's still it's still cooler than than Phoenix, I'd have to say. You know, but no uh, doubt. yeah, the beautiful time there is uh, probably October to to June. You know, early June, but uh, uh, yeah, just uh, 
just uh, enjoying life, man. We've got some rain tonight, and that that's a really uh, I'm really happy that we got some rain here. We need it, you know. And uh, it's for sure. It's very interesting the uh, Democratic uh, uh, convention, you know. And there is talk that that was not uh, a live speech. There's some talk now going around that that was spliced, you know. <laughs> Right. Literally speak that long. It was a disaster. uh, The DNC was a disaster, man, in the making, you know? Terrible, terrible convention. A lot of idiots running that thing, man. I mean, the things, I mean, that will will be for probably for next week's show, but a lot of the dribble and the mental incoherency of a lot of the Democrat speakers, they're really morons for America, seriously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree, and and it, it's just uh, you know, um, it, it's Marxism, and uh, you know, but uh, I, I think uh, we're gonna have an amazing convention. Trump's gonna come out, and he's gonna say some things that are going to be, uh, um, you know, we know what he's going to say, but they're important things and things that need to be addressed, and and. Uh, it's important for our country, you know, and, and we need, we need to be strong and, and, uh, just, uh, fight the good fight, you know, and like all the good men and women that have gone to these wars and fought for our freedoms, we need to oh, uh, yeah. be strong now and be warriors, you know? Um, well, we but, are, you're uh, a radio warrior as many other great callers. And like I tell folks, this is the propaganda and the information war that we're in, we're seeing some spillover, you know, uh, Brett, in the streets there. It, things are getting a, a bit heated out there, kind of kinetic. Uh, but we're not in a full-spectrum civil war, and I tell folks we don't want that. We prepare for it to the hilt. But a lot of folks, you know, Brett, they don't know what civil war really means. Let me break it down for you, folks. Um, Civil War means when you go to Safeway that you can be shot at random, getting groceries or or pumping gas. It means that your neighborhood can be attacked constantly by people you don't even know, rogue factions. Uh, People talk a big game. We all want to be ready for civil unrest and civil war in this country. But, you know, Brett, I always tell folks, don't wish for it. Don't you dare wish for it. I mean – because it'd be very bloody. With all the arms in this country now, man, you compare it to 1860 yeah. and our weaponry has, has increased exponentially. Our armaments have increased. We have body armor, armor-piercing bullets. I told folks there were there are things that will come out of the woodwork that I've seen that you will blow your mind. There are like a, a lot of people. <laughs> Out there that are getting ready. I would yeah. like a couple ahead, of those uh, Gatling guns that shoot six thousand rounds a minute. I mean, yes, <laughs> I've seen them. Yes. People have them. Uh, people haven't. There are also a lot of. Uh, how should I put this delicately? There are a lot of inventors in America who still build things in their sheds, camouflaged, of course, uh, from aerial surveillance mm-hmm. or drones. There's a lot of things that are being built. You'd be surprised at the ingenuity and the smarts of the American inventor. And so I would caution anybody that be very careful what you wish for, because 
Offer to the life, man, as you know, you tend to get it, I think, if you think too much about it, you know? We want peace exactly. to reign. We're always prepared for the worst. We're always prepared for war. You know? And if if you if people have been, you know, statistically, like you know, and uh, many people know, if you have a weapon, you're you're more, uh, you know, you're usually a safer community. The people that that are weapon that have their own weapons, and and it's, yes, it's, it's a statistic, and uh, I mean that's it's a it's always been a, an important thing to be able to defend your family, yourself, and um, your belongings. You know. Yes, absolutely, man. I mean, you got to protect your family, your children, your uh, your your wives, your you know your neighborhood, your neighbors, and uh, there's a lot of talk about this now. You know, we're watching 80 plus days of chaos and anarchy in Portland. Seattle is not too far behind. You know, Chicago is still hundreds of deaths and shootings. Uh, not to dwell on, Maybe. on the negative, but I, I do face these things head on, man. You know. I think ahead, I Brett. think that maybe then during in the the Democratic convention they could have brought up. Did you know that the uh, Democratic leadership has led to many many deaths? Let's look at Chicago for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the, the rise in homelessness and and the I, I mean. Who's leading those communities is Democratic leadership, you know, um, and it, it's it's scary what's happening in these communities and uh, the sanctuary cities and things like that. And, and that's what that kind of leadership leads to. And that's why we, we really need to be strong right now. We do, man. And everybody that um, is uh, in, in the nation, we need to uh, just, you know, we are still blessed in this country. Um, I always tell folks, yeah, you, you've got to, we always hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And by all means, you know, like I said, uh, told folks on the prior shows, look at your preparedness, you know, Brett. Uh, does every American, if you need to get across the country, let's say, to link up with, a group, an organization, your family, your loved ones, or even a bug out cabin off the grid. Can your car make it a thousand miles? Seriously. Can your truck or SUV really make it? Is your water pump working? Do you have tread on your tires? Uh, have you checked those recently? Can your car <laughs> get around the uh, city well? I mean, or, or your state. I know a lot of people that they say, well, my. My car is not equipped to go across the nation. It only gets me and limps me to work and limps me back. I can't afford to buy a new one. So if anything happens, I'm stuck here, man. A lot of people are in that situation. Don't assume everyone's got a brand new SUV, you know, and, and, and can hit, hit the road. You'd be surprised. People right now are hurting. They're tapped out of money. You know, we have a COVID economy. It's been shut down, Brett. And, um, I tell folks that when, as best as you can, when things, we, we need four more years of Trump just to get our act together, and you need the, the, exactly. the time to earn the paychecks, man, just to get mm -hmm. the gear, you know, I mean, and also, if you're in your vehicle, let's say it breaks down at the 700th mile and your friends are 300 miles away, 
God forbid. Yeah. Let's say you're trying to link up with them. We had an EMP attack or from China or God forbid something else or, you know, a dramatic weather event. Uh, you may have to backpack it, man. Do you have hiking boots? Do you have a sleeping <laughs> bag? Do you have a gear? I'm serious. Do you own a compass? Yeah. Do you have a flashlight? Do you have the batteries for the flashlight? How about some power bars so you don't, and some water so you don't, you know, starve to death? I mean, could you hike there? I mean, these are things that people, I'm being a little dramatic, but my point is these things actually happen in the real world. I'm a real world street guy, and you got to be thinking about these contingencies. I'm an Eagle Scout, man, and I'm a wannabe I am surfer. Too. I am too, Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. You're also an Eagle uh -huh. Scout, and in scouting, the motto is "Be prepared." And I was, I was, that was drilled into me. And people don't know this. I mean, I I know that you would know it, but most Americans don't don't know that only one percent of the American populations is is ever in the military. Ninety nine percent are not, and even fewer are ever in the Boy Scouts. And the Boy Scouts, you can smile or smirk all all you want out there. It is, and it used to be before all these, this this craziness. And but it used to be a paramilitary organization. My scoutmasters were Green Berets in the Vietnam War. After the war, mm -hmm. they then trained us as as scouts. We were run like a military organization. We had lineup. We had roll roll call. They, they were great, great guys. But I learned so much from them. Man, they they the fought against camp. Charlie. We were Green Berets. I mean. Yeah, and the guy became a computer programmer, and then he loved being outdoors so much he wanted to uh, run a scout troop. He ran two. And uh, we had a very successful scout troop. But my point is those kind of skills, I already learned a lot of that stuff. You did too. A lot of Americans, I think, Brett, are just kind of waking up the, you know, the, the woke movement. They're waking up to, oh, I better get some gear. Oh, my house has got no food in it. I don't have any water in case BLM or Antifa poisons the water supply. You know, and don't say you're going to go off the grid overnight because you're not. You're not. What's going to happen is you're going to get stuck in your town. There will be roadblocks everywhere, and you won't be able to maneuver, and then you die. Just kidding, but <laughs> what are your thoughts, Brett? <laughs> I, I I think that's so true. I mean, I remember in Boy Scouts where we would go out and target shoot, you know, with 22 rifles and, and learn that and learn knots and, and learn how to go out and make a lean too, and, and uh, you know, have to hunt for our own food, you know, nothing too extreme. I think it was only, you know, you're, you're so young, but I mean, it wasn't like some of these, uh, these survival shows were out there out there a month, but it was it was very very it was an it was an awesome experience and it's sad to see that a lot of the a lot of that is going away for the kids you know so they need they need that they need to go out and learn how to how to camp and make a fire and and uh, you know learn how to how to what if you did have to hunt what if you could have only had uh, birds to eat or something you know? right. <laughs> or to fish can you, you build a fire fish or do you yeah. own a, I mean, yeah. I had told folks, do you own a Bic lighter? Let's say, well, I'm not a smoker. How dare you? Come on. It's like, get <laughs> off your high horse. Get your head out of your mm -hmm. ass, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
I'm asking you, do you have a Bic lighter that costs you 80 cents at 7-Eleven to start a fire? And if you don't, then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying. But when I talk to people, yeah. they talk a big, big game, but they're not ready. They don't have any supplies. And the ones that do, you are so ahead of the curve, you have no idea. And I know some some guys in my office, um, millennials, great, great guys. I have taught them well. They're way ahead of the curve. And they're thinking like me, I'm a Generation Xer, as you are. And it's like, you know, we were taught certain things before the unraveling of America. And thank God I was born when I was. I just thank God. I I, I had fantastic parents, pretty good teachers, uh, really good teachers, very good scoutmasters. I, I mean, I, I hear these crazy stories today about the educators and the teachers and the, and the scouts are having issues. They're, they're, actually, they're bankrupt now with all the lawsuits. Yeah. And they've let a yeah. lot of people into positions of power and that have no freaking business running scouts or running schools or running sports teams in our country is suffering so much for it. Because then we, we are raising the, these new generations of idiots and morons that are out there in the streets in Portland and New York and Chicago. And I'm just talking from my mind and my heart, folks, that we have, they, it will take years, and you know, Brett, of just deprogramming them to where they're even half-ass functional. Because right now they're on the unemployment probably, or they're or they're living in mommy and daddy's basement and they're paying the bills. In fact, most of these protesters, I tell folks, they probably don't even qualify for unemployment. Unemployment for a, a lot of you people that are rhinos that don't know this, <laughs> it's for people who have worked <laughs> in the past. You have to establish a baseline of being a worker bee just to qualify for unemployment. And a lot of these protesters have never haven't had jobs probably in their entire lives. Uh, maybe a little job at Subway or something, I would imagine. But a lot of them don't seem to have a track record of work. So they're probably living in, with mommy and daddy in their basement playing video games during the day. And at night, they put the black hoodie on and they run the downtown Portland and Seattle and Chicago to break into businesses. How wonderful is that? Great. Great, guys. Great going, guys. Yeah. Just smash glass and, and put mattresses on fire. That was last last night. Our show was timely. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm watching all this yeah. mayhem, man. And the cops, you know, Brett, they view it as a joke. They go out there and they just sort of go, okay, yeah, I got to get my pension, man. I, I, I got to tussle with these kids. I'm not going to do anything too crazy. I might arrest a couple of them put in the paperwork, check out about 3 a.m. and go home and sleep. Yeah, well, the That's scary thing is, you know, hopefully, yeah, yeah, and hopefully they're going to wake up that their pension may not be there the way things are going, you know, and, and I think I agree. That, I, I think <laughs> that they have to, you know, um, and, then, you know, a lot of those are broken homes, you know, they, they maybe they weren't able to take part in great organizations where, kids had Boy Scouts or they had uh, parents that were active in their lives, which is so important, you know, uh, to have a mom and a dad, you know, and not just, it's it just, you know, I think that's the, another root part of it. Um, and it's a sad, sad state, you know, 
but, uh, you know, it's it never is. too late to change and to put your big boy pants on and to become a man and realize what a man is, you know, what it, what it takes to be a real man. And that, that's, 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 uh, being prepared, man, you know. Yeah, it's, folks, it's, breath it's, of surface says morals. get your big boy pants on <laughs> yeah. and be a man out there. Yeah. Get a surfboard, I agree. Or a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brad, hang on. We're, we're, we're going to get you on to the end over here uh, for final thoughts. It's about it's about 14-minute countdown to the end of our show. But uh, hang on, Brad. We'll get you on here in a, in a moment again. Thanks so much. All right. Folks, as you know, we're a macho show. We have a lot to say, and um, all the great men of the show, we're numero uno cologne. Four men on a search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering... Numero Uno, the new thing in colognes for men. In all the world, there are only four basic masculine scents. Here's the best of each. Numero Uno Gold. Numero Uno Green. Numero Uno Red. Numero Uno Silver. Four Numero Uno colognes. All different, all wild. Find yours with a searcher kit, a jigger of each scent. Then get a full-size bottle of the one that makes it for you. God, I love that commercial. Love it. Numero uno, Cologne. For the Machismo Show, the Von Weehan Show. Now, our VIP guest tonight was John D. Trudell. Check out his great books. We have another author on next week. We have many VIPs already set up. So if you're trying to get on the show... Call me, email me, reach me on Twitter or email or Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter 24-7. That's probably the best place to reach me. We can then schedule a time for you to come on the show. I am also an author. As many of you know, I wrote the uh, book called The Bachelor's Guide to the Galaxy, the retro and modern-day bachelor guide for the new Renaissance man of the millennium and beyond. My book is on Amazon.com. BarnesandNobles.com, also Pals Books in Portland, Oregon. And the Pals up there loves me. I love that. And also other fine bookstores from coast to coast, of course. That's The Bachelor's Guide to the Galaxy. And um, there was a really good movie that came out in the late 60s called The Guide for the Married Man. And I used, I used to love this book this um, movie. Uh, Walter Mouthal started it. You've got to see this movie. It's a great retro gem from like 1967, The Guide for the Married Man. It really pertains to my book too, uh, The Bachelor's Guide to the Galaxy. So listen to these lyrics in the song. And this is going out to a big shout out to all you married men or divorced men. When you hear these lyrics in the, in the song, I'm sure you'll smile with a little gleam in your eye, and you'll know exactly what the song is talking about. So here it goes.
Every Married Man Needs the Guide for the Married Man, or my book, if you're a bachelor or dating, The Bachelor's Guide to the Galaxy. There's a lot of political content in my book. I spoke to expats about the uh, about their um, their uh, lifestyle, living overseas. Many have families in America. These guys were living in South America, the old World War II rat line. They were living in Central America, Asia, Europe. Interviewed a lot of those kind of guys. I found them very cool, very, very interesting. They did not like the politics happening in America today. The book has got finance information, how the young man needs to, um, you know, get his gear, get ready. It's got a little bit of everything, the history of The Bachelor. Most folks don't know this, but the majority of the revolutionary soldiers that I researched were bachelors. The married men stayed on the farms. It was the bachelors that went out and fought the British. Many people don't know that. And um, these were the guys, the Minutemen, the guys that could get their gear and their gun and be ready in a minute. wasn't the married guys in the colonies. It was the bachelors. Yeah, over 70%, I believe the historical quote was uh, that those were the bachelors in the military forces of the colonies who fought against the crown. And I found that very fascinating. Um, in most wars, it's the bachelors who die. In all the wars of America, you can go to World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, etc. Desert Storm, one and two. And uh, I've got financial news. It's inspirational quotes from all over the world. It's a very good book. I don't promote my book as much as I should. The book came out eight years ago. I've got the sequel to it in the can. We need to get that out to print. I've got two more books underway as well. So I'm also an author as well as a radio host. But again, it's The Bachelor's Guide to the Galaxy. We have some more callers here at the last tell uh, of the show, but we will try to get to you all here in a second for some final thoughts. We're so glad you made it here tonight, folks. We're so glad that uh, we could get you on. And let's get to a new caller here. I believe this is Lincoln. Lincoln, are you there? Howdy, Vaughn. Is this Lincoln? This is Lincoln. How's it going? How you doing tonight? Uh, I'm all right, man. I was What's just, your thoughts, man? I don't man? have a lot of time tonight. I was just—I don't have a lot of time tonight. I was listening to your show. I was getting packed and stuff. I'm going out of town for the weekend. But uh, anyway, man, I heard you say earlier in your show that you said something about uh, how the country could use a third party. You know? And Absolutely. Third, fourth, more. You know. Well, I don't know if you know this, you last bet. Night, but a third party was actually launched in the United States called the National Justice Party. And I encourage everyone to go to National Justice Party. Listen to the 30-minute inaugural speech they gave. It was fantastic. I loved it. I like that. Now, now, when they say justice in their, um, in, in, in their name, what do they mean by, by that exactly? Well, like, we always hear about social because... justice warriors, right? But now they're like a right-wing party, I believe, from what I saw, right? You should go to the nationaljusticeparty.com and watch the full 32-minute video. They're actually on point. I've been a follower of a couple of those guys like Mike Enoch and Eric Stryker for, for I don't know, a few years, actually. And, uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're, they're right-wing, to say the least. I mean, they're cool. hard right-wing. Um, and basically, it's a party that formed. It's a bunch of MAGA guys, Republicans, 
you know, that Republic, voted Republican all, all their life and then went MAGA, went full MAGA, loved Trump, supported Trump until like 2017, 2018. They just basically lost hope in him and they just gave up and they're like, you know what? He doesn't represent me or us. I mean, he just spends all his time pandering to everyone but the people who voted for him, if you know what I'm saying by that. Um, right. I mean, he was elected by he was ele- he was elected by white people, which is be honest, he was, and he does really he talks about nothing but blacks, Jews, LGBT, Hispanics, women, everything but who voted who got him elected, and so there are a bunch of guys that decided that you know they're going to start their own party and actually represent their base, you know. Um, I don't blame them. Got that party, of course. Of course, they're not going to win in 2020. Of course not. That's impossible. They're not going to. You know, but if if it starts, grows, continues to grow, continues to grow. I've long said that we should have European-style elections where they have like seven or eight different candidates. I mean, it's ridiculous that I'm forced to pick between the lesser of two evils every single election. I agree. Every single election. That's like, that, that's I've said that, too, Deacon. I've said it, too. Yeah. I mean, I want to see more and more people run from more political persuasions and parties. We don't really get a great choice every year, you know? No, and that might as well be the Republican campaign slogan like every four years from here on out, it seems like, is we're not as bad as them. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's, it's really bad. And I don't know if you saw like the Eric Trump tweet yesterday, but it's they're so out of touch with their base. I mean, if they're so, so, so out of touch with the people who elected them. I mean, why in the world is Eric Trump putting on Twitter yesterday saying, like, vote for us because we're more pro-transgender than Democrats? I'm like, uh, I know. And then they go, oh. on to make, and they go on to make fun of Joe Biden because he said man, marriage is between a man and a woman. And, and you know, and all these things are like, are you trying to tell me I should vote for Biden because that's all you're doing? I know. I know. So yeah, bizarre. you know, people like me see see that. I kind of roll my eyes and just go, okay, they're just trying to pander to these little groups, these fringe groups. Look, they're pandering for votes just like the Democrats, you know? This is a big election, and like I said before, man, uh, I agree with you, but they need every vote this time around. It's going to be a close race, and that's what we're seeing it's going to be on a razor's edge. I don't believe for a minute these people say it's going to be a landslide for Trump. No. There's so no, many Democrats in this not. country right right now. The country's drifted left. We'll see Democrats come out of the woodwork, man, by the millions, I'm telling you. They're real energized now. Oh, they really are. Not only energized, but also mail-in ballots and the voter fraud. I don't, I don't honestly don't think Trump can win. I mean, I, I really don't think so. I mean, I I hope he does over Biden, of course, but I don't know. There's going to be so much fraud like in this election like we've never seen before. I know, and that's and, why you I mean, see Trump and his sons pandering to every group. They're just, dude, they're, I tell folks, they know it's close in the inner sanctum of the White House. They have to get every vote. If that means they have to get a gay guy or LGBT or somebody that's not traditionally Republican to vote for them, they're going to pander, and they have to get every vote. They have to win, man. We, I mean, I'm not saying Trump's the next messiah, but he's a hell of a lot better than the communists in the Democrat Party, you know? 
but, I mean, but how far does that really get them? Whenever I mean, I mean, transgender people supposedly make up like point two percent of the population in the United States, and they run out there and they say we're more we're more pro trans than the Democrats. I know. Okay, so you can pick well, up they an extra point five one. trans votes, but then you piss off. Yeah, well, they need 0.2% of this group. Uh, they need 0.3%. Look, it's all about that one. Or, this is a 1% to max 2%. Ele- it's really a 1% election win. They need these little tiny fractional things. That's why you see that. But we're coming to the end of our show. We will definitely talk about that next week more as the election campaigns continue. But, yeah, you're right. I tell folks. This is a one-tenth, two-tenths of one percent. They got to get everything as the margin of victory because only really seven or eight states are going to decide the whole election, man. It's, it's, it's oh, absolutely. That, absolutely. that wire where we're, we are coming up here on a razor's edge, like I've told folks before, don't be overconfident. Um, anything can happen, and we just got to get we, – we need four more years just of relative stability to get our act together and to get prepared for what's coming, man. My, my Lincoln, thank you so like, much, man. I mean, are you, all right, brother. Talk to you later. Yeah, we will talk next week in more, uh, in more detail, sir. Thank you so much. Sorry, That's Lincoln calling from thanks, – thanks, brother. That's Lincoln calling from the Midwest. We're going to say a bye to Brett here, Brett the Surfer, and close out the show. Brett, we thank you so much, man, for calling in tonight, buddy. What are your final thoughts to America? Going once, going twice. Brett the Surfer has taken off surfing somewhere off the coast of America. Thank you, Brett. We will get to you next week. He is one of our regular callers as well. Folks, as I've said before, this is a 1% election. We need every vote will definitely count. We thank you all so much for being here. We wish we had more time. This is a radio show. We have time constraints, as many of you know. We thank you for um, being here tonight. We have a lot to talk about. We uh, want to wish everyone well. Be safe out there. Be careful what you wish for, America, because it may come true. Get prepared. I've told you before, buy more guns and ammunition and gear. We may need it. Hopefully not. But I always say that um, accidents never happen in a perfect world. Thank you so much, folks. God bless you all. Good night from my mountain studios.
like the magi on the 